Welcome back to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I'm Francine Belay, your host, and I'm super thrilled to bring you stories, inspiration, strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life, make more money and be part of a movement to change the world. I am on a mission to help entrepreneurs and leaders to become leading voices in their field by leveraging what makes them unique to attract their ideal customers and make a bigger impact in their world. So, I want you to experience success in your business and also live your best life now. So today I'm featuring the eighth and the last profiles of the Wealth Dynamics profiles, the mechanic. Mechanics are the best at completing things. They are high on steel and dynamo energy. And as perfectionists, they sometimes seem to take longer to get things done. Their flow comes from taking things apart and finding better ways to put them back together. So famous profiles of of, um, mechanics include Sam Walton, Michael Dell, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jeff Bezos. So if you want to listen to all the eight profiles of the Wealth Dynamics System that I've featured on this podcast, Meaningful Wealth, Meaningful Life podcast, you can go to my website, francinebelay.com slash podcast, and click on the button Wealth Dynamics Interviews. You can also click on Wealth Dynamic Test to take the test to know your profile and your path of least resistance when it comes to building wealth. Today, I have the great pleasure of receiving Ian Woodhouse, who is a business coach for healthcare professionals. He actually is the mechanic profile, the last profile of Wealth Dynamics. And I'm so glad to have him today to close this uh, series of Wealth Dynamic Profiles. Hi, Ian. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Oh, hi, Francine. Thanks. And it's great to be here. So tell us in your own words what you currently do. Um, so I help, I guess you'd say, introverted healthcare professionals just to create a unique path to their own business success in ways that feel good to them, you know, instead of, of the daunting, you know, have to be out there and shouting out your name everywhere. So it's really just helping them create a business that works on their own terms, you know, and all those things that they've worked so hard to achieve. Yeah, so that's great. So can you briefly tell me a day in life with you? If I was a small fly following you from the morning <laughs> when you come tonight, what would I say? Um, yeah, look, the the ideal plan, the ideal day, of course, revolves around we live with a nice view of the ocean. Ah. So, I tr- so usually up around six o'clock, a little bit before, um, we've got a couple of dogs and a bird. So We'll sit out on the balcony and just watch the ocean for a while. This time of year is pretty good because we get uh, whales uh-huh. swimming and dancing as they do their migrations up and down the coast. Yeah, you um, are getting in summer while we are here in the winter, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and where we are is subtropical. So even in, in winter, you know, we complain when it sort of gets to, you know, 70 or 60 degrees or something. So it's, it's still pretty good. So, okay. um, And yeah, and then after, after I've sort of had the coffee woken up, usually my daughter and my wife will be up as well. So we'll have a bit of a chat, have some breakfast, and then, you know, they do their mad rush to get to school. You know, we get ready, and then I'll sort of try and plan out my day of what I want to get done. I think, 
one of the things interesting I found with um, wealth dynamics and talent dynamics was that, you know, for me that based around having a little bit of learning, a little bit of creativity, you know, a little bit of fun in the day. So I sort of try and break it up and just review what I really need to get done. Try and do a little bit of exercise during the day and then around lunchtime, because that's sort of, I'm not really an early morning person. So it works better for me to do it during the day when it's, when it's just nice. And then, you know, sort of in the afternoons is when I try and do my you know, actual client coaching, because I find that sort of when I'm best and those times sort of work okay. And then all the follow-ups and things after that. So it sort of, you know, scales through the day. And then by then, daughter comes home, wife's home. I cook dinner, so I'm the chief cook in our house. Wow, so super. so that's, um, <laughs> that gets done. And then, you know, usually after dinner, we might, you know, chat or talk or watch a little bit of TV, depending on what they want to do. And then sort of after my daughter goes to bed around eight, I might just read or listen to some music until it's bedtime. I go to bed reasonably early, sort of 9.30, 10 o'clock, so... Oh, super. I think after that's a bit late for me. So, so yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, healthy lifestyle. So tell me, how did you end up doing what you're doing today? What's your background before you get, um, you got to where you are today? Oh yeah. Look, um, funnily enough, I spent most of my career in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, usually sales and marketing. So, but I actually um, started off in the army as an electronics engineer. So a little bit of a move. And then I went, in, you know, I guess got drawn into the, you know, flashy sales job with a company car. And even though, you know, I'm a mechanic and highly on the introverted <laughs> side. So I guess most of the roles, they sort of ended up um, where I would go in and sort of look at, well, what's working, what's not working. How do we better structure to take the business to market? How do we structure the team so that it works better and their roles are more suited? And then, I would find sort of after a year or two, when that's all done, then it would just come down to the day-to-day and I'd get bored or seemingly to get bored and think, oh, well, I'll go and find a new job or go to the next job or look for the next level. And so during that time, yeah, I went from, you know, process control to lighting and electrical to animal health, believe it or not, then mattresses and beds, and then into, yeah, changing roles again into some consulting work which I really liked because I sort of then worked out and probably a little bit mixture in with um, wealth dynamics as well, thinking, well, really, I wasn't getting bored. Mm -hmm. I was just doing the bits that I liked. Mm -hmm. And then when it came just back to the management sort of style, I sort of found it was time to, to move on, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that's sort of where I then thought, Oh, this works well. I like doing this. I like helping. I like, you know, making the changes and, and getting it all done. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, super. Tell me when you were kids, which job did you want to do? <laughs> I actually wanted to be a racing car driver. So, uh-huh. um, and uh, yeah, from a very young age, always sort of hung around cars and went to car yards and all that sort of thing. But it was only when I had an opportunity around the age of 15 to actually go to a professional race day with, you know, a sort of a, a junior apprentice. And it was actually the um, team captain came and spoke to me and said, you know, have you noticed anything with all of the drivers that are here today? And I said, oh, you know, apart from the fact that they're all quite short. Because at, fif- at 15, I think I was already over six foot tall. And um, whereas race car drivers are typically more like jockeys. You know, they're, they're tall and uh, they're, they're short and they're very thin because everything matters when it weight was the weight in the car. So he was, look, very gently explained that, you know, look, it's probably the fact that you're 15, you're going to keep getting bigger. 
and you're probably not going to fit in our race cars. So <laughs> that was um, that ended the race car aspiration. But but I've always maintained my love of cars, so so that's all good. <laughs> so okay, so now tell me. So when you discover your profile as dynamics, what were your reaction and how now you are using that to get much more inflow? Oh look, it it really was. Um, when I learned what it was, you know, I saw what that true true profile really really meant because I'd like you we mentioned earlier, you know, I'd spent so many years in you know sort of I guess high profile sales and marketing roles, where a lot of my bosses saying, "Wow, you need to speak up more. You know, you need to get out there. You need to do all that sort of stuff." Which, you know, you can do, of course you can, but it's just yeah. it's just hard work, isn't it? You know, so and then that whole expectation, even in school everywhere that, oh, you need to be loud here, need to, you know, need to make yourself heard. And, and a few of the companies I worked with were American. Mm-hmm. So GE was a big American company, <laughs> you know, where the, the mode company. of the day was everybody slams the table and speaks out loud. So, you know, and that was, I say, with the, the different jobs, it was probably not so much it was boring, it was just tiring because mm-hmm. I was doing things that, of you know, really didn't suit and didn't match my personality, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's when, you know, my, my old bosses and things like that, well, telling you, oh, you, you know, we like what you do. We like your results, but we're not going to give you this next job because we think, you know, the next person's a little bit more suited because they're a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, louder and gregarious, you know, and they seem like of course. they're more interested in the role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. Yeah. So, and then now, so today, how do you really make sure that what you do, because you're still doing some coaching and the business coaching, yep. uh, and, and I know that you are helping people with their processes, which is a typical yep. mechanic, um, you <laughs> <Yes>. know, <laughs> uh, thing to really make sure that everything gets to, you know, the, the system, you systematize everything. Uh, how do you then uh, use those, um, you know, this profile or this understanding to make sure that you're really um, thriving? Um, yeah, look, I think for me, was it really around, yeah, understanding those things that, that work for me and knowing then I don't have to go out mm. and just be super loud, you know, that I can work with the people that I guess work, want to work with me, you know, and, and I help, I guess too, helping them be authentic in what they do you know, sort of also works as one of my values because if, you know, if I can say, well, this is what I do, this is how I usually work, this is the outcomes that we try and get, then everybody knows up front, you know, what we're doing. Mm. And, you know, it's easier to explain to them and saying, well, you know, what are you trying to do? You know, what are you trying to get? You know, I guess I went through those same things of, oh, can I really leave my senior management role because of the income was nice and, and the security of that type of thing? But yeah, then I found, wow, once you actually start doing the things you like, you know, the money still comes, but you just feel much happier. You don't have those days where you go home stressed and, and worn down and frustrated and, you know, cranky and tired and just want to curl up on the lounge and, and go to sleep, you know, because now I can make choices of what works for me, who I want to work with, and we move together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So, and when did you actually really realize who you are and what you are meant to do in life? If such a moment has happened, um, for, oh yes. Look, I, this one's a spooky story, right? Because just uh, last year, yeah. we because I've been doing dabbling in different things for a few years. Yeah, you know, a lot around marketing, um, helping people with sales, helping with yeah video, video marketing, and chatbots. And yeah. you know, it was sort of felt 
it was better than what I was doing, but still there was just that little bit of, oh, you know, just didn't feel exactly right. You know, and I knew there was still something else. And we were in a place just a bit further north in Queensland on the Gold Coast, just a, what we have out here, like just uh, local markets where they have like local crafts and arts and all that type of thing and foods. And funnily enough, we walked up because we saw a, a little tent set up with a lady with crystals. Mm. And yeah, just like the moon crystals and healing crystals and the whole range of things. Mm. And as I walked up and started looking, you know, she basically came across and said, oh, here, here's a fluorite crystal. This is perfect for you. And I said, hey, I'm being obviously a <laughs> mechanic of detail, man. I said, oh, okay, so why, why do you say that? Yeah, because I'd not spoken to her, not said a word, and I thought I looked relaxed and comfortable. But, um, and she said, well, this crystal helps clear the solar plexus, you know, and your inner body, mm. and clearing that will help you get past whatever it is that's holding you back. And doubting yourself and that it's you know it's time for you to stop stop doing that and just you know take the final step for the business that you really want mm. you know and it's okay for me to have the success and the things that i want that even though what regardless of what other people think mm. and you know because that was like when she said that you know sort of that well one how could you know that <laughs> you know just by me walking up to you because it, and it was true because i'd sort of been dabbling for you know for quite a few years mm-hmm. and that sort of was just like that little bit of a wow a click and a light bulb moment Mm. And then I've been able to, you know, in that sort of 18 months or whatever, really narrow in very quickly to, to get down to this point of, you know, helping others just pretty much like me. So, yeah. Wow. That is interesting, actually. And just at that moment, is it also when you decided to leave your job or you have um, left the, the job already? No, no, I was still working then. I was still mm. working there. So, so mm. that was that whole thing around, well, I need to do this, you know, stop worrying, stop thinking just go go make it happen so and we talked more you know and she's quite uh you know an intuitive um healer i think kinesiologist and a few other things so she said she just had that feeling as i was um i was walking towards her so it was like really 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 spooky to have somebody yeah. say that to you, yeah. you know, and be so accurate yeah so. exactly and then how did you come back again explain to your family that now i'm going to follow <laughs> my passion <laughs> well and look and it was and because i think too because you know my wife sees the stress because she's like you she's a she's a star mm. so mm-hmm. you know she sees that that i'm not totally happy and you know because you always things show a little bit grumpy a little bit snappy sometimes and things not going well so you know and the only thing is she said that's what you really want to do then you know just go for it mm. make it happen so to speak so yeah, yeah, just as long as you, we keep making money and we can live well, it's all good. So. Oh, okay, that's good. So, what would you say you struggle with the most in life? I think now that I look back on it, mm. it was really probably trying just to come to terms with being introverted, and yeah, you know, and also from a, a family where you know we had quite a bit you know strict upbringing in mm. terms of not nasty or anything like that, but just you know where you you need to listen and think before you speak, be quiet, that sort of thing. So, so I guess it was probably hard for me to make close friends at mm. school. The friends I did make were very close. And then I think a lot of teachers sort of, I guess, got mixed up with when you're reticent to talk in class, that they see that as not participating, mm. even though my academic results were good, mm. but you know, it just seemed, well, you need to speak up more. It needs to be more participative in class and that sort of thing. And I think that's back then was just that lack of understanding of, you know, it's not that I don't participate. It's just as introverts, you know, we like to think things through before we, before we do them. 
So I think, and that sort of carried through, of course, when I went to the army and then also, you know, probably during my, you know, the formative years in career time as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, you know, led me beautifully to ask you what actually, how would you say that your background has prepared you or your childhood has prepared you to who you are today outside of really this, you know, upbringing that and your introvert Mm -hmm. nature, actually, is there anything else? Yeah, I think, look, the big thing I think has been the positive of it in, in all the roles is that, you know, being raised to listen and think first is that that's probably stuck stuck with me over time. So even in, you know, the corporate roles, I didn't go in with that, oh, let's do this, let's do that because I've got all the great ideas, you have to do what I say, all that type of thing, you know, and much for me, I think always much easier was to ask all the team around me, what do we need to do? And my, my job really became more about, you know, understanding them, mm. taking away the crutches that were holding them back or, you know, helping them to do the things they needed to do that drove us all, you know, to success. So I think, you know, that you know, where I went, you know, electronics engineering, you know, solving problems, looking at the details, looking from different angles. So I'm very considered in what I say and how I speak. So I think, you know, that helps a lot. And especially, I think, you know, in modern days when, you know, it's our, it's our human nature that we want to jump in and solve problems straight away. Yes. You know, because as soon as you start talking, oh, I've got the answer, I've got the answer, I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you. Whereas I'll let you finish talking and then I'll say, oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. What about this? What about that? And, <laughs> you know, most people have their own answers. Mm-hmm. They just need a way to have them coaxed or, you know, leveraged out. You know, mm. just that sort of bit of a challenge. So yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, that's really beautiful. So, what would you say is one of the toughest moments that you've encountered in life, and uh, the lessons that you've learned from there? Yeah, I think for me was um, joining the army mm. because I think from a, my parents' point of view, the the two things that they looked at was if you could get a government job, mm. and well, that was from my father's side, and then my mother thought, no, you need a trade. So when I first joined the army, you know, I got a trade and a government job. So that was like, for them was, woohoo, he's made it. Yeah, he's got the gold mine. Accomplished both goals. (laughs) (laughs) In one hit. So, but but again, then what probably now I look back and think, wow, you know, getting thrown in with a group of guys you didn't know that you had to live with 24 seven with no out time. And then bosses that were yelling at you and you just expected... (laughs) You know, when I say jump, you say how high and, you know, whereas my natural nature was, well, hang on, why do we need to why do that? Do and, yeah, is it, you know, and we're going to teach you how to fire this weapon by, you know, numbers and letters and blah, blah, blah. But isn't there a better way maybe if we looked at, you know, so all those type of things, which from my point was natural, from theirs was just being, you know, argumentative. Mm. So, you know, and, and look, and it really got to the point in the basic training, which is the tough parts, you know, because they really want to have condition when, mm. I guess, in war, if they say do something, you have to do it, not think about it because it could put everyone at risk. But, you know, there were just some nights during that where I literally, you know, cried tears of frustration, you know, and stress and, you know, I just wanted to run away. Mm. But you couldn't do that because then my practical side would kick in, my more Lord side and go, oh, wow, well, if you run away, they're only <laughs> going to find you, then they're going to arrest you, then you're going to go to jail. So then you're going to be stuck in a prison with people and you can't do anything about it. So, you know, that that... your mum and your dad would be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, it's, it's funny where you where you think about that and you think, wow, you know, the the irrational side says run, but then the rational side says no, wait, think about it. You know, you can't do that. So mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's um, I look back and laugh now, but you know, but I have to say, probably out of that 
that the what the army really did give was that real sense of discipline you know mm. and self-discipline mm-hmm. of really just taking that you know one foot in front of the other and getting things done and that's probably stuck you know through my whole life as well that i've always had you know pretty good self-discipline mm. mm-hmm. that's super so um when you actually um uh think about you know your life so far is there anything that you regret having or not having done earlier in your life um yeah look i probably regret maybe not you know which is a hard one because it's a little catch-22 but understanding my true identity or that yes. real why you know because i think i spent a lot of years even though the the jobs were were good and i got to do some overseas travel you know and i got to see all parts of the world and drove you know, nice cars in different countries and Ferraris and, and things <laughs> like that. And we went and look, we even did one time where we did a, a South Africa tour. Ooh. So, you know, went to Livingston Lodge and then Zambezi Falls, took customers, wow. you know, so it was That's a lot of fun. Went to the yeah. World Cup soccer final in South Africa as well. And so I've done so many things and I think those parts are really good. But, you know, it was really, you know, as we say, the swimming against the stream, though, because in all the other parts of it, it was hard work. Mm-hmm. But you sort of get to that point where, well, I was earning good money and you know, good lifestyle. We had a nice house and all that. So do you think, well, I can't change because to change back to something more suited, I'm going to lose money. So you get to that sort of you know, cycle where you're stuck, you know, and you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and mm-hmm. then I'll buy a bigger house and put more stuff in it that I don't need and, you know, stuff that I don't want so I can get a job I don't like. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I think that was, I just wish I'd, stop you know stop chasing the shiny balls and things yeah 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 but you got there finally actually where yeah, exactly now, exactly yeah so doing actually what you and and i think that that's always like the bigger insight also like people get is that you know i wish i had this test profiling earlier i wish i knew who i was earlier i think this should be part of the curriculum somewhere really <laughs> you <laughs> know before right. we learn math le- let's <laughs> let's learn who we are first yeah exactly <laughs> and then we exactly. Get to learn math <laughs> yeah no no 100% 100% isn't it you know and, that's, <laughs> and i think it look it's changing now isn't it because i think in the next you know, next 10 years on 20 years, I think will really accelerate as more and more people just sort of think, well, yes, I don't have to, mm. you know, work so hard in school just to get a job I don't like to stay in that job till I can retire and then, <laughs> you know, die comfortably, you know, everybody wants more now, you know, yeah. so which, oh, which is great, you know, yeah. it really yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah, that's true because the millennials and the Generation Z actually, some study are showing that what they ask when they go in the job, it's not much how much I'm going to get paid, is much yeah. what's your vision, what are you making to impact the world and such things. So, you know, yeah. hopefully the newer generation uh, will be less focused on the materialistic side, um, yeah. which is, is nothing bad about that, but, you know, going through the real values of life yeah, values. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I think it is. And I think they're interesting with the millennials as well, isn't it, that they want things that are mm. personalised to them. Yes. Their satisfaction, their success, their happiness, which I think is, you know, is, is pretty cool. So. Yeah. So now, yes, uh, talking about materialistics, I start to talk about money. So there are some people sometimes who actually do what they love, but don't really get much more pay for it. And we know so tons of professions who do valuable stuff, but are not very paid well. And then on the other side, there might be some people who get paid a lot of money, have, you know, drive nice Ferraris, 
yeah. <laughs> and things like that, but still, you know, don't really love what they want. So my question mm-hmm. is that how can we both do what we love and get paid well for it? Yeah, look, I think the, the big thing is really having that deep understanding of, of what you want to do, mm. you know, because that then makes it, it's not so much work anymore. Now it's a, it's a passion. Yeah. And I think then is really working around now that I know what I'm passionate about and what I want to do is then to say, well, okay, how do I, how do I monetize that into a system that, that can work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cause I think I remember when I was looking back and thinking, wow, you know, you hear a lot. People say, oh, if, I, if only I could make a million dollars a year, all my problems would be solved and I'd be happy. You know, but as we know that the more money you make, it just you know, adds a whole new level of, of problems into it anyway. So, you know, and then you tend to go, okay, when I've got a million dollars, well, once I have $10 million, then I'll be happy. Or once I have $20 million, then I'll be happy, you know? So, and it never happens. As yeah. you know, you need to find the peace first and, exactly. and work towards there. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Is there any other ways that, so, so, so any practical ways that perhaps you can share with people actually? Or... Yeah. And, and normally look, the way I work, because obviously, or the, you know, the healthcare people that I work with mm-hmm. is the, the first thing they always say is, oh, yes, but, you know, people want to see me. Mm-hmm. You know, people want my special healing touch or my massage or whatever it is. So, you know, and I can only charge so much because otherwise they'll go elsewhere. All the old, you know, the usual stories that we've, that we've all heard. So it's, it's really around then, you know, having that conversation. Well, okay, but what if there's a way where they can still see you, but there's also value you can add when they're not there, you know, there's value you can add by, you know, bringing new clients that really want your help so that you could charge, you know, double or triple more, you know, is there programs they could go on so they can self-learn as they go along, you know, because if somebody comes in with neck aches or shoulders or back or teeth, whatever it happens to be, there's other bits and pieces of their life that will get to be affected, whether it's sleep, whether it's weight, whether it's confidence, you know, and all those things of, you know, people will pay for the solution that, or the more help that you can give them. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of our programs end up of either you know, group coaching where they can help, you know, a few people at once or group, group classes where they can bring a few people in at once and do some stretches and things to help still have their massage once a month or their, their treatments once a month, but then coming back for other things as well. So now we're adding, you know, just constantly adding value and helping them become you know, a known expert in their local area or in their broader field. So all those things around what they what we really think, you know, is going to make the difference for creating that on and what, you know, balance that with their workload and, and the other things too. So it matches their life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, it's very important actually to, for people to really understand what you just say is that outside of the value that you're delivering, there's the other side, which is leverage. Uh, And the wealth equation, as we know, is uh, value and leverage. So, you know, then, you know, if you deliver one-to-one is only one-to-one or few one-to-one you can do, but you can also, as you say, add more people and deliver one-to-many, then deliver that. And then also, I know now even health practitioner using online to deliver to even more many people. Mm. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. um, yeah, so I think, um, yes, thinking a little bit more creatively and as you say, as a mechanic, have a system <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to do that. That is really cool, actually. Okay, so now let's talk about movement. So which movement are you part of or are you trying to lead um, if, um, you know, you, um, you are thinking that way? Um, yeah, look, I think for the environment is definitely... You know, life underwater for me is a is a big thing that 
you know, I, I see with the Sea Warriors and the others that, you know, they try and do a lot, but I think they probably get caught up in the, you know, the wrong press because they just seem a little bit like Sea Pirates rather than <laughs> Sea Warriors and things. So I think there's a lot to be, can be done there. And then, you know, the second one from, all, I guess, the humankind side is helping, you know, introverts, mm. you know, like me, know that there, there is a path, you yes. know, or a path to success that's, that's natural for them. Because mm. I think, you know, like me, that, you know, they probably lived their whole life thinking, oh, you know, I struggled or I'd missed this or I'm probably not good enough. And, you know, I could never start my own business because I don't have what it takes, you know, or I don't have the confidence or I could never go out there and, you know, talk in front of a big group or I don't like shouting out and being heard type of thing. So I think a lot of times what's happening is they stay in their job that they probably don't like so much or and think a lot. And that's probably worse because we yeah. think so much, exactly. you know we think and we think and we think about, oh, that wouldn't it be nice if I could you know, help other people or wouldn't it be nice if I could do this or go and do this. And, but it never happens, you know, so, and they just don't, don't ever do it. And I'm sure that for, you know, so many of them would get to the end of their life and say, well, I just wish I'd taken that step, you know, when I had the chance to. So, mm -hmm. so and I think, you know, as we know that the world needs everybody's unique gift. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's so true, actually. When you talk about that, introvert will be really thinking and not going out to talk to anybody. So having some people really understand also this nature that they can trust and they can just go to, um, that's, that's really important, actually. Mm, yeah. um, and a lot yeah. of them, too, we get, you know, get stuck of, oh, I can never go on video. I don't like the way I sound. What if, you know, what if someone doesn't like me or, you know, what if Francine looks at me funny when she sees me on video and, you know, or they don't like what I say or they call me out for it, you know, oh, she says there's so many, there's so many things I can do wrong. Maybe I'm just safer staying in my job, you know, that's yeah. it's just easier. Yeah. Me, and, I, and, I, and I laugh now with people too, because yeah. I say that to them. I say, oh, I don't want to do video. I don't want to do the live talks. I think, fantastic. Neither do I. So I said, you know, how are you at writing? Because you if you're not good at writing, fine. you've got to do some work. <laughs> you are fine. And I'll give you a secret. Extroverts or people like us, it's not that we like our sound or we like our face. We are exactly like you. It's just that we get rid of those kind of yes. um, internal thinking and we get out there anyway. So we yeah, have exactly, exactly the same, actually, um, thinking or, you know, problem as well going on. Yeah, how yeah, do yeah. I sound? Obviously, you can see how I sound. How do I look? Yeah. Okay, you know what? The people you know we all have that but that's yeah. not the point we kind of bypass that <laughs> and go there yeah, no. anyway <laughs> yeah for sure and it's because I, I always laugh when i yeah some of the the extrovert clients that i have mm -hmm. you know that you get okay so what we're going to do is try to do this video and you know you start to get ready to explain what's going to happen and they go right how do i look let's go <laughs> We're ready. Let's start. You know, and Let's that's, start. okay. Yep. Sure. Okay. Done. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. So yes, that's funny. Oh, that's, that's so funny. So, okay. So Ian, tell me, how do you want to be remembered for? Uh, look, I'd like to be remembered for doing as much as I can mm -hmm. to make a difference to other people's lives. And I think, you know, sort of create that, I guess, yeah, legacy as being a thought leader in some areas you know over the times i've had some good ideas that i probably haven't jumped on early enough and then you know a year or so later they all come into to being so i think that's you know would be nice to say wow oh we remember that you know when ian wotowsio created this new introvert movement that you know brought a whole heap of new entrepreneurs into the world you know of their own business and and made a lot of people you know very successful so
that's super that's really lovely so what would you say you learned from all your experiences that you most want to transmit to others i think it's just for people understand that you know success comes in you know a myriad of different forms mm. you know and each one of us has our own unique path to find that and i think it's important you know and about identifying that you know whatever it is inside their own heart not what I think, not what their family thinks, not what their friends think or their parents or anybody else, you know, really what they think because that makes all the difference. And then it's, you know, when you're doing what you should do is hard work. When you're doing what you want to do, it becomes easy. You know, it's, it's the leverage again. And, and then having, I think, too, the big thing is, to, you know, to have the, a guide to help you get there. You know, I think that's an important piece as well because otherwise, you know, you tend to, especially for more the introverted side, but for everybody, you know, you tend to spend wheel, spin wheels for a long time mm. thinking about things. Whereas if you have someone that challenges you, guides you, pushes you, nudges you and helps you along, mm. yeah, you can do it in, in half the time because they've probably been there too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, super. That's good. So now, um, um, can you tell me how you keep actually uh, yourself motivated when things are not rosy? Yeah. Um, look, two things. I think mainly. So first, a lot of the work, or for me, I found that motivation is a tough one. Um, and I think it's, it's hard to maintain motivation when you're not driven by, by what you want to do. So I think, you know, I tend to do more around just the little habits. You know, I keep in touch with my you know, vision and values of, you know, the decisions I make and how I make them. Do I really want to do this? Is this going to work? And then, when I do get into those spots that are a bit sticky, you know, I can sort of step back and say, okay, now count to five and go, why am I struggling or, or what's wrong? And oftentimes just even taking that couple of seconds just to breathe is enough to say, Oh, that's why, well, that's what's draining me. That's I'm, I've moved out of my, my zone sort of thing. So, and then I'll look at, wow, what can I do? What's the one little thing I can do in the next five minutes Mm-hmm. just to get me started again. It might just be something easy, like adding some numbers into a spreadsheet or starting to, you know, think of something creative or think of something I want to learn about. So, you know, I try and just weave a little bit of whatever mood I need to get into to then you know, find out which is the best way out of that. And that usually for me and for most is once you start doing something, once you get that little bit of momentum, you know, the, the rest of it just sort of follows. Mm-hmm. That's super good tips, actually. So if your life actually was a film or a book, which title will it be? Um, look, one of my the favourite books I read you know, years ago yeah. was called um, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World <laughs> That Can't Stop Talking. And it was written by Susan Cain, who was probably really simplified, you know, the life of introverts, you know, was probably t- pioneering in terms of, you know, extolling that what you do and don't need to do to be successful. And I think I always think of that book as, wow, you know, a lot of the things I read in it, it's like she could have been talking to me as she was writing it. So I think I always you know, associate that with my, my life in a book. Yeah. Oh, super. <laughs> so um, so uh, finally, um, what would you say is your definition of meaningful work, meaningful life? Um, look, for me, it's doing the things that, you know, is, is one, what makes me happy. Mm. You know, two, is good for the environment. And then three, is good for the world. And I think that the meaningful bit becomes that, you know, if I can help somebody that then is going to go and help 
other people and more people, you know, we create that little ripple effect that just keeps going out and out and out. And, you know, and that's good for numbers of reasons because one, you know, we're, it's good for the world, but two, it's good for the local community because the more people that, that they help then means the more people that will come and see them and go and see others. And, you know, that all sort of turns around. So, and I think that for me as well, as long as I'm living to my values and I'm helping them live to their values, then it's meaningful. Mm-hmm. That's all. super. Any last piece of guidance, actually, you'd like to pass on to our listeners who, to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? Look, I think, yeah, look, it's, it really is around, you know, understanding who they truly are, you know, and it's much easier, you know, as we said earlier, that to be, you know, who you, who you really are. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, you know, all of a sudden that, like we said, when I found I was a mechanic, you know, wow, the weight just lifts off your shoulders and thinks, oh, all this just makes sense, yes. you know, and it's, then you can start to understand of, wow, you know, that it doesn't matter then, okay, you'll always have people that will maybe not like what you do, but the people that you are meant to help or aim to help, yeah, they'll, they'll find you and that will, you know, that will make it for you, your own meaningful, meaningful work in life. Mm, that's super. Um, how people can actually uh, get hold of you and know more about what you do? Um, so, yes. So my website is nimblecoaching.com.au. Mm-hmm. But um, that I'm also, as, as you, um, part of the, the Genius U and Entrepreneurs Institute. So there's, as you know, and we should talk about there's, you know, so much, so much, so much value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and the people on there are also wonderful. I mean, everybody's there to, to help everybody else. You know, yeah. and it's just an amazing community, as you know. And, you know, then we also offer too that I'm a certified coach with the Global Success Academy. Mm-hmm. So we also have a lot of, you know, coaching and training programs through their systems as well. So also some great value on there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Ian, for your time and your wisdom that you imparted. <laughs> it was a pleasure to close this series with a mechanic like you to really understand this profile and also what you're doing and how you help the world out there. So, you know, with all these eight profile is like, um, you know, understanding each of them is very important. Yeah. So, and, you know, it's not about boxing somebody in a profile, but understanding yourself a little bit better and finding what really are your strengths and how you can package that to really, um, you know, uh, combine that to do meaningful work and live a meaningful life. Thank you so much, Ian. Fantastic. (laughs) Thanks, Francine. Really enjoyed it and really enjoyed meeting you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you too. What are you committed to do today to do more meaningful work and live a meaningful life? The show notes of this episode of Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelli.com slash podcast, with all the references and resources shared on this show. Whilst you are there, leave me a message to tell me in the comments what was your key takeaway from this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to show your love and support, subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app where you are listening to this podcast and leave me a five-star review. It will take you a minute, but it will mean a lot to me and will also help me to spread this word and being found online.
So thank you for listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast, the show that empower you to redefine the life you want and live your best life now. I will see you next week for another epic episode of this season four. Until then, dream, act, and make an impact. Lots of love.